listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Modern Parables. This is Isaac Steiner, and I'm not usually your host, but I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm joined with Noah, as usual. Yep. Tyler, who you guys are used to hearing, is out today with some other family matters, but today we got Nick stepping yes, in, sir. so it's good to have him. Ooh. But uh, today we are welcomed by a special guest, Alana Harrington. Hello. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Alana, just give a quick uh, introduction of yourself to the people so they know a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I worked in a church for five years. I was a youth and kids pastor for part of that time, took a little bit of a sabbatical, um, and ended up at Indiana Wesleyan University as a resident director. And so mm. that is where I'm currently serving. Let's go. Woo-hoo. And you brought a scripture today, right? I did. Mm. Yes. Take us there. Let's jump in. Yes. This is what I've been camping out in for a while, and it is Isaiah 43. Ooh. Um, and we're going to do verses 14 through 25. 14 through 25. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took their pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Mm. The wild animals honor me and the jackals and owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, Israel. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. <laughs> Let's go. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the people listening, do you, since you said you've been uh, camping out in this, yeah. do you have any context that could maybe help with this? Yeah, so um, the book of Isaiah is a lot about, um, it's prophecy, and so there's a lot about um, God's judgment of Israel, but also his promises and of redemption towards Israel as well. Um, and so this is a part of the book where 
we are, um, there's a lot of like in the chapters before the Lord is comforting his people and then he's talking about how he is the helper. Um, but even in that, he's still like reminding them like, you are far from me. Um, and so there are these promises and it's like this tension of like, here's what I'm going to do and here's what I need to heal you from to do these things. Um, yeah. Wow. Mm. Kind of got something. Oh, let's go. Let's yeah, go. So we actually talk about Isaiah a little bit in post-exilic literature this semester. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about like prophetic, criticizing, energizing. Long story short, <laughs> it's this idea of we just essentially call back the people of God, mm. back to God. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reminded of like when I have close friends or, mm-hmm. or mentors or pastors or whoever, the ability of them to be able to gently rebuke me to like, remind me hey your heart is not where it should be as of like right now you're not your eyes are not set upon the lord and i'm reminded of like verse 22 yet you did not call upon me oh mm-hmm. jacob and obviously I have this highlighted but that's why i kind of check out a little bit more but this idea of of calling out is a theme that's been playing out in my life mm-hmm. um just for a long time and when i'm reminded of these passages i'm just reminded of the necessity that communities mm-hmm. for christians i need somebody to call me out, especially when I'm blind. Mm-hmm. And my own blindness so often is like my biggest stumbling block. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it. It takes someone like Isaac or Nick to be like, mm-hmm. bro, like that was <laughs> so uncalled for. Like that's so not what it is, what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, at first I want to be like, no, bro. <laughs> like my, my pride wants to, to puff up. But in reality, I have to be gracious enough mm-hmm. to expect it, to accept it. But this idea of this gentle rebuke mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. such uh, a desired and craved thing that I think sometimes our culture can get really like we can just kind of push it away mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i'd start out wow i think where i go with this uh i remember oh where was it i was talking with somebody the other day about conviction and godly mm-hmm. grief right mm-hmm. and to turn back to repentance because there's this idea of when you get convicted a lot of times you feel guilt and shame and there's been arguments about like is guilt and shame from the mm-hmm. lord and all these mm-hmm. things and you get passages where paul is like some people need to feel shame for things but then we see in post-exilic when we're talking about Nehemiah when they're returning from exile, you mm-hmm. look even in here and people start to focus on their own sins of like, wow, I've really done this. Mm-hmm. If you stay in that self-pity, mm, yeah. then it becomes this horrible guilt and shame that spirals down. But what I love and you see in this passage is when he's calling them, he says, like, for your sake, I send to Babylon and bring them all down. Like, mm-hmm. Babylon's mm-hmm. ruling over them. He says, I'm going to take them down, though. Mm-hmm. Remember, I am faithful to you guys. As God calls out and rebukes, as you said, they're never met with this angry God that welcomes them back mm-hmm. and just is going to, to abuse them, right? But when they are rebuked, they're met with the faithfulness of mm-hmm. God. And so they're seeing the beauty of, hey, you guys were unfaithful to me but I'm still faithful to you. And so that's the beauty of like the scripture. <laughs> I have a tattoo on my leg that says faithfulness. Mm. Five cats. Eh, yeah. <laughs> have to have to say it, man. Yeah. But one person asked me, they're like, oh, why is faithfulness so important to you? Like, what are you faithful to? And I was like, this isn't about my faithfulness. Mm. It's about God's mm. faithfulness, you Come know? On. And so when we focus on that, look at what God has done. Mm-hmm. We're not dwelling there and being like, He's going to do something new now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so beautiful. And you need that. You need those words of encouragement. Yeah. You know? And I think going along with that, like, it's the Lord's kindness that leads us to repentance, right? And so, like, in this passage, even, it's like the Lord is speaking of, like, he's reminding of 
us of his kindness before the conviction. It's like, hey, here's what I have done for you. Here's how I have provided. And here's what I'm calling you into. Like, here's where you are. Mm. Um, And I think that's just so like, that's such a character of the Lord. Like, what is the voice that we're hearing? Is it one of condemnation um, and shame? Or is it this like loving, gentle rebuke that is reminding us of his kindness and saying like, I'm calling you into something more. Um, wow. Yeah. That's what this Sunday, uh, JC Heron was speaking. Shout out to my boy. But he, he asked a question. He said, what voice are you listening to? The accuser mm. or the advocate? Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, that just hit so hard because I listen to the accuser so much, so much more than the advocate, than in Jesus and what he says. Oh yeah. And, and I think, so something that I kind of noticed in this passage made me think of was, um, it was the, the ending of Job and, and where Job and God are having this conversation and God kind of comes out and he, he starts asking him these questions like, where were you when I formed the earth? Where were you when I split the water? Where were you when I measured the earth? And and it kind of like when we get through 15 and 21, I think, we get this passage of God kind of walking through these things that mm-hmm. he's done. And I think sometimes we, we, lose, we lose sight of, of the greatness of God, like the the legitimate vastness mm. of the God who still chooses to kneel and speak to us, like mm. in yeah. His amazingness, in 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 the fact that He is the one who who made a way through the seas, a path through mighty mm. waters. He He drew out chariots and horses. He 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 brings in new things, and He He does all of these different things, and and the earth answers Him. The cr- the creatures answer Him. And we kind of lose sight of him mm-hmm. often, yet he still has mercy on us. Mm-hmm. He still kneels and answers us when we cry out. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's something that like you read about just God's faithfulness here. Mm-hmm. And he says, yet you didn't call upon me. You have, you have been weary of me. All these things. He's like, you have not offered, like offerings, burnt offerings, mm-hmm. right? And all these things. It's like all the things that they're supposed to do in response, right? that they don't do, but God still says, I'm going to mm-hmm. pursue you. So mm-hmm. in the face of mm-hmm. that just shows that it's nothing about what you do. It's all that, all who, the, all who you are. Right. And that's what I remember when Elaine said to us, uh, she said, um, Dr. Bernius, she said, conviction isn't saying stop doing that. That's wrong. It's like, that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That changed my whole mindset on it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. wow. What a passage. Yeah, Thank you one. so much for bringing <laughs> that. Yeah. I love that. You could just sit in that for days. (laughs) But uh, if you guys are listening either for the first time or you've listened before, you guys know that from here um, we go on to the random topic generator. And so what will happen is random topics will pop up on the screen and we give sermon illustrations for it. So let's get to it. Let's do it. Stop. Oh, a vegetable (laughs) garden. (laughs) Isaac, when's the last time you ate a vegetable? Last Last night. No. No, you had fries and potatoes. Potatoes, is it starch? Dang it! Right? I had a salad. Uh, no, you didn't. I do not I last had night. salads at Baldwin. Not all last the time. night. Not yeah, maybe not last night, but I had lunch. <laughs> Wait. Yeah, no, we went to. Yeah, I haven't had a vegetable in a while. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had green beans. Out. We had green beans. Come Let's on. go. Oh come on, come on. Now. I had a. Yeah. Good job, guys. All right, vegetable. I'm curious. Why so specific with a vegetable garden? Why not just garden? You know. I don't know. I just uh-huh. I thought it was I thought it was a fun. That's fair. That's fair. I think Wait. I thought of Veggie Veggie Tales, and then I was like, "Nah, I'll just put a vegetable garden." Have you guys heard the Veggie Tales remix? Yes, yes. It's so that's good. gold. It is. And All for right. our listeners who 
don't know. Nick is the one that chooses these topics. Yeah, so I. So he's kind of cheating right now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, you got one to start us. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I right. mean, I can I can go with the the very straightforward idea that God is a gardener and the the idea that Jared Just presented. Stop and hit the button. Yeah, I'll hit the button. Um, Yo, wait. wait. Is that a quack? I think it was a a roof. Like a dog bark. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah, like like that. Got it. But that it was good. his was deeper. Like, I got funny stories with our tennis team. We roll down the <laughs> windows when we're driving, start barking, dogs. No. Didn't I, you do that? I, in hear the, my, I hear my people, but I don't see my people. Didn't you do that in Nashville <laughs> when we were there last year? Yeah. That was funny. There's too many to count, man. Um, All right, sorry. Yeah, but no, you're good. Give, give us think, your vegetable garden, I think, man. no, no, it goes back to, uh, we had a friend preach last week for our homiletics class, and he had a really good one. And it was this understanding of, of us not being the gardener, like, us not being the one who actually does anything with the fruit, but instead allowing ourselves to be mm -hmm. the fruit or the vegetable that God is gardening. And God is the one providing the, mm -hmm. like, the nutrients, watering us, mm -hmm. digging the holes correctly to the right amount. But we have the opportunity to choose whether or not we allow his, his actions to impact our growth. Mm -hmm. And how that works, and I think that's mm -hmm. like that's something I was. He just presented it in such a new way that I was like, I got nothing else. Yeah, what's like, that? What's that line he said? He said like, he's God created the garden and he's recreating the garden in you, mm. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was spitting bars. <laughs> wow. Do I have to hit it again? Yeah. Yes. 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 Woo. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, I love gardening. Like I love. And, like, I don't love, like, necessarily, like, oh, we're going to, like, pick the fruit or the vegetables or the flowers. I do love the flowers. But I love weeding in the garden. And, like, no I know. Way. I know, guys. It's weird. Wow. Um, and I think it's because, like, I think really well when I'm using my hands. Um, but I just remember mm. there was a really hard season between my junior year and my senior year of college. And I just, like, I feel like the Lord was teaching me so much as I was weeding. And I felt like the Lord was like ripping things from me. Like I couldn't think of anything, mm -hmm. any other way to describe it. Like I was like, Lord, you're taking this and you're taking this and you're not just taking it, but you're like ripping it and it's painful and it hurts. Um, and like, I just like couldn't help but think like I am, that's what he is doing, but it's for my good. Yeah. Like if those mm -hmm. weeds are in the garden, if those weeds are taking up space, they're robbing the plant of nutrients. Um, they're causing the thing that is going to suffer. Um, and so sometimes I think like it's painful, but it is good. Yeah. And I think that the Lord is really faithful in doing that, even though we don't want it. And I think it's something that like continually happens because I can't just like do it once and my garden is good. Like I have mm. to be out there wow. a couple of times a week, like making sure everything is where it needs to be and making sure things that aren't supposed to be there aren't. Um, and I think that's what God does with our lives. That's mm. so good. Mm. Let's go. Oh. I'm thinking about when you when you grow your own stuff, you know where everything's coming from. Mm. You know what you're putting in the ground. You know what pesticides you put on it. You know if you just use watered-down weed killer or whatever you use, right? Or if you go out there and <laughs> weed or, or whatnot. My dad, huge gardener. And just for, for years, he's always had a garden. And he's always just spent like the mornings, especially a hot Oklahoma, early in the morning, 6 a.m. He's, he's out there working on the garden. And, but I'm thinking about like how often we just intake food that we have no idea where it comes from. And we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. But yet the moment that we have God say, hey, I want you to go this direction, 
and but we don't know where that direction is we're not okay with mm, it mm-hmm. and it's just like i don't know it's just that dichotomy of yeah we know we know what we're eating but yet we don't know we don't mm. care because it's food mm-hmm. it's sustenance my guys it's the same thing and then we start freaking out it's like the guy that's been faithful that in isaiah is the, the same guy that's still faithful today so that's probably where i go with that's it. good mm. nice uh something you nice. said is exactly where my mind went first where you said it's it's not just this one-time thing mm-hmm. you got to come back and do it because with weeds those things grow on their own mm-hmm. you don't just bad things grow in the garden by themselves but for good things to grow for fruit to be mm. produced it needs to be cultivated and taken care of right and i remember when my my dad shared this illustration with me first and he was like in your life picture your life as a garden mm-hmm. for this illustration and all the good things right to produce the fruit of spirit they have to be cultivated and i think you can pull on what one of our friends said in homiletics about god being the gardener the true gardener to produce the fruit of the spirit but then weeds just grow mm. and so our job is, is if our life is is the garden is to allow god not to just cultivate those things but to rip out the weeds as well over and over again and because in our lives bad things just bad things seem to just come naturally and good habits they have to be worked on there has to be discipline in those things um and so i think that's what i would play on with yeah. the, with the yeah. vegetable garden you know i've never grow a vegetable garden myself i have a black thumb uh, do you have a green thumb <laughs> kill everything um i can plant flowers i haven't done vegetables yet ah, oh, i just right, kill right. i kill everything man I kill everything. It's, it's so sad. It's so it's so upsetting. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Before Stop you Noah being yeah, sad. No I'm kidding. Stop. A road, road trip. Road trip. Wow. Mm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like road trips. Really? No. Okay. Oh. I especially I just don't I don't know. I don't enjoy being stuck in a car. I get it's it. It's not about the destination. I get, it. I get it's about that the journey. journey is journey. fun. And don't get me wrong, there's moments where I enjoy road trips, but there's only so much music you can jam to, conversations that you can That's have true. before I kind of get a little tired. When we were on a retreat, me and him were belting out some. My voice was gone. <laughs> yeah, That's why I'm music. drinking like a, something hot so my voice can kind of like clear up. <laughs> Did you guys just come back? No. Oh. No, we were <laughs> no. screaming at volleyball. <laughs> That's true. No, no, no. We, we were doing that. Last road trip we had, we were, we were definitely trip. belting. Road trip. Road mm. trip. There's so many cliches you could go with. Oh, of course. Mm, mm, but do you mm. want to be cliche or do I know. you want to like no. outside the box? Maybe you start with the cliches. If and you remember her coffee and calling, shout out to her coffee and calling. Check she talked out. about mm. like a journey and like going to a gas station and taking a pit stop and then mm. going this way and then taking the long route. Good freaking memory, man. I know. Oh my goodness. Because it spoke to me and I was like cry- almost crying <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Snaps Let's that. go. I'm going to steal something from Charlie. Oh, um, oh no. Because something Charlie, I remember him saying a bunch in our intro to ministry class was the road reveals mm-hmm. and yep. something i absolutely <laughs> love is that idea like i love road trips for the sake of whoever you're with if you don't know them when you get in the car you're gonna know them by the time you're 10 hours in or mm-hmm. five hours in or mm-hmm. whatever and you're gonna figure out how do i talk to this person how do i like what's their life story um we went to arizona a couple years ago and i have a friend his name's easy and i was he was a good friend but i didn't know him super well by the end of that road trip, there were like times it was like 2 a.m. And we're, we've got like four more hours to go. And we're just sitting there coming up with random stuff to talk about. So neither of us falls asleep because he's driving and I'm just, I was, the, I was on keep him awake duty. And so it's one of those things where I think like road trips are a tool for discipleship mm-hmm. that we as the church 
I think, should use more often. Because when you're stuck in a car with somebody, everything comes out. And there's no escaping the awkward silences. There's no escaping <laughs> the, the like, weird music choices. It is the, let's have a conversation. Let's dig deep. Let's get to know each other. And, like, where has God been in your life? Mm-hmm. And if you're not seeing him, why aren't you seeing him? Mm. Mm. That's good. I'll, I'll go for it. So when I talk to people about road trips or going on road trips myself, I remember it's just you plan out, maybe not necessarily like mm. the gas stops, like mm-hmm. how far, all that stuff, but you plan out the road you're going to take, how you get there, all these things. Like if you're going from Indiana to Florida, you need to know the direction you're going. And maybe like if you want to stay at a hotel overnight, you book that. Mm-hmm. So you're planning it, right? And so y- you know the trip and you know the final des- the final destination that you're going to get to. But I remember there was this one time, one of my friends from back home, he's a very spontaneous, crazy dude. His name's Blake. And uh, he told me he was going on a road trip once. And I was like, oh, dude, where are you going? He's like, I have no idea. I was like, how is this a road trip then? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm just going to, you know, go to the Rocky Mountains or something. Like, I was like, well, that's really far first of all. You're from Indiana as well. And I was like, where are you going to go after that? He's like, I'll figure it out once I get there. Oh. But he, but... He went on this like two, two to three month like road trip where he would go to one place and from there he'd pick a next spot to go and then go there. And then once he got there, he figured out the rest. And I think to me that just sounds mm. crazy. It's not fun for me. Yeah, exactly. I lose my mind. <laughs> and I'm going to make a connection like you did with, with this journey with, with God. When we take these steps, I mean, he shows the next step you take and you really don't know anything after that. You might have a general direction of your life, mm-hmm. right? But the steps that you take, you don't know this one, two, three, four, five. I'm going to end here. I'm going to be in Africa in mm-hmm. 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. But like that road trip, he talked about how much more fun, mm-hmm. how much yeah. more adventurous, mm-hmm. how much more he experienced because he didn't just plan out everything mm-hmm. and stick to an agenda they had. He just let mm-hmm. things happen. Yeah. And I think while it's scary with the uncertainty mm-hmm. of trusting God with just this step after step, but kind of what takes us on a road trip and an adventure, you know, mm-hmm. hardships and good things as well. I mentioned how with road trips, music is like, for me, it's an essential. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have good music and I'll be engaged the entire time. I don't care. But like whenever I'm driving, I'm always super scared to play whatever I want to play. Cause I don't want to make other people in the car uncomfortable Yep, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to be bored. Because, I mean, I can almost enjoy any kind of music. There's something I can find. Screamo is, like, the hardest thing for me to actually enjoy. Yeah. But That stuff at night goes crazy, though. <laughs> 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 but in general, I mean, I can, I can vibe with better. Like, whatever is on, I can deal with it. And I think it applies to two things. One, it applies to discipleship. Sometimes we have to pass the person that we're talking to, the, the ox, and let mm. them choose what they want to talk about, what they want to play. Pass them the ox, dude. That was cold. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> Thank you. And in our relationship with Jesus, when we have conversations, sometimes we have to pass the ox to the Lord. Let him speak. Let him play what he wants to. Ooh. It may be nothing, mm. and it may be the thing that we don't want to hear. But when we're driving, sometimes let go of that control, hand the ox, yeah. and just enjoy the ride. Mm. That was good. That was amazing. Oh, let's go. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just thought of a road trip. So I'm from Pennsylvania, so that's a 10-hour drive there Ooh. and back. Um, wow. 10 hour from, drive like, there, the east hour. side? Like, yeah. Oh, like my days. An hour and a half from New York City, hour and a half from Philly. That's dope. Um, great it's place like a to great, live, yeah. for real. I was about to say. Check it out, guys. That geography always messes me up. Like, when people are from, obviously, different places, I'm like, New York City is an hour and a half? That's, like, 
what, 10 hours for us? More? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so whenever we'd go back, there was usually like two cars that would come, go back to Pennsylvania from Iwu. And there was one time I had two of my guy friends left maybe like five hours before we did. And we're like, oh man, like we wish we could leave by the time that they did. Like they're going to get back so much earlier than we are. And then we had to wait until our classes were over and then we headed out. Um, so we're traveling, we're traveling, we're all, like looking at our GPS and it takes us a different route. And we're like, okay, this is weird, but I guess we'll just follow it because <laughs> all of oh, our no. GPSs, like we had different ones that we were trying like Waze app and mm. Google, like mm. all the different things. And they're like, take this route. And we're like, okay. Turns out that there was this massive accident on 80 and our friends got stuck oh. and they were stuck oh. for five hours and we got there before they did. No way. Oh my gosh. Yes, for real. Five and hours? So five hours. Eventually, you know, they got to their destination, but I, it makes me think of in life, like, especially in like Christian culture, it's like, you need to hit these benchmarks by this time and by mm. this time, this time. It's like, oh, this person's going to get there before me or whatever. And it's like, we all have different journeys. They're going to look different. Some are going to have delays and we're going to have delays at different times. But like the Lord is still going to be faithful to get us there. And so it's not about like comparing our journeys, but just getting to the destination. Um, but yeah. Dang. Mm. Yeah, we made it. That's fire. That oh, my suck. goodness. That was <laughs> oh fire. My God. I felt so bad. I would like get out of the car and like run and do something. Did. There's something else I could do. See, this is the problem is I would I would think that's such a cool time. Just because, you bro, you trips. just love people. I do. I love people, <laughs> and like, do I not love people, Isaac? No, you love people, <laughs> but you get up every five minutes because you can't ha handle sitting down. I for do too like long. to be moving, and so around. it's like it's a different thing. Like me, I'm like, how long? I get sad when the road trip is over. See, I feel like I, I get that. But if you're in the same spot, like you're starving, you yeah. need to go to the bathroom. Like, yeah, yeah, but, just but then you start meeting the people next, right, like next to your right. car. You start, you know, no, you just no get the, shot, the portable grill out the back. Yeah. Start no, but it sounds the, fun. What are you, Charlie? The personal grill in the back and his camper. <laughs> that'd, be fun. that'd actually be hype. That'd be that'd be dope. All right, all right, all right. The road trip's over. Good. We got yeah, that one. Yeah, Stop. Yeah, Avatar. The last Airbender. Oh, uh, don't even don't even come love, at me, love. me with that movie. Mm -mm. Love. Oh, wait. Oh, you love, mean love, Avatar: love, Last love. Airbender movie? The, okay, love, but the series the, is coming the out. Like wait, you don't like the the blue people? No, it's like Fern Gully, but for adults. Have you ever seen Fern Gully? No. no. Okay, yeah, Avatar watch is it. great. I'm looking it up now. Avatar: Last Airbender. Avatar: yeah. Last Airbender lived movie on was thing. Trash. My brother's the and I. series. Top tier. Yes. My brothers and I just feasted on that. Oh my so days. Good. Eating goldfish. Just, I oh. I always thought in the shower when like the water would trail down my arm, I could be a wonder bender. Oh, that <laughs> movie. <laughs> or yes. then I could bend fire if I just turned it to like boiling hot water <laughs> and just if I can r handle it, you know? Then I had like third degree burns <laughs> on my back. <laughs> Isaac, are you okay? Do we need to have a conversation? Yeah. Oh, oh buddy. <laughs> After our last airbender was crazy. Hmm. All right. Wait, how long was, like, how many seasons? Do you Three. There's three. I felt like it went on forever. Maybe that's because I'm, like, in middle school at the time. Mm -hmm. Just because it's a perfect show. you had to show. wait, like, every week. Like, the Man, that's so true. That's before streaming. Mm -hmm. I right. watched it on Netflix. I watched all of it on Netflix. He's ready. I'm going to go, go for, for it. Okay, so whenever uh, I thought about this show and who I would want to be in the show, it mm. was who doesn't want to be the avatar? You know what I'm saying? Like you could handle, you could bend all the elements at the same time. You have the most incredible gifts and powers. 
more than anybody else. And I was just thinking, like, think about sticking to only one element. That'd be cool. But then imagine not being able to bend things, mm-hmm. you know? So there's all these things, and you look at people who have different gifts, mm-hmm. different talents, mm-hmm. and you start comparing. And I, and I always thought, oh, my goodness, even if – what a great gift if you could bend an element, but then you always look to the person who can do more, who can do better. And I think in my life, looking to other people or just in the church, in life, you look at what people can do and you compare it to yourself and then you don't become, you aren't satisfied with the gifts that you've been given. And so in my life, seeing other people that can do things that I want to do, I start to resent and even hate the gifts that I have because mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. those. Mm. Or I don't have as as many gifts as them, mm-hmm. so I'm not as important, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think of the body of Christ and how we all have a role to play. And once you understand what your, your role is, right, you're a hand. Don't don't try to take the the function of a nose, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so once you find that beauty, but then also the purpose in that, that God has created you for a purpose, mm-hmm. then you can mm-hmm. find ultimate satisfaction in that in who you are, and not just mm-hmm. looking at everybody else and desiring to be them. Mm-hmm. Avatar. That's, that's great, Isaac. That's good. This Thanks. For a very specific episode, but Uncle Ooh. Iroh. Oh. oh, we love what that a guy. man. What a good man. Um, just like. I think he is obviously like not perfect, not a great, like not a full picture of who God is, but I think that he has a lot of qualities that like are like the father. Like there's an episode where, um, actually it's a couple episodes, like Zuko betrays him. Zuko is Mm. his nephew who he's basically raised. Um, Zuko has betrayed him. He's disappointed him. And he like goes and visits his uncle in prison, but his uncle doesn't say anything. Like, he doesn't respond to Zuko, and Zuko is just, like, wrestling internally, like, like why why aren't you forgiving me, and why do you hate me? And he's quiet. And um, throughout a few episodes, like, Zuko is wrestling, and he's figuring out, like, I'm not mad at other people. I'm not even angry at my uncle. I'm angry at myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes to this point of genuine repentance, and um, eventually, like, Uncle Iroh is incredible and he like breaks out of prison jacked. and there's this yeah, moment yeah he's shredded. there's this moment where Zuko and Iroh get to meet and it's very much so a picture of the prodigal son mm-hmm. where he comes to his uncle and he's like I'm so sorry I'm not even worthy to be um like you I can't even claim you as my uncle like yeah I was wrong and Iroh embraces Zuko and it's just like such a beautiful picture the prodigal son like of who God is and sometimes, like, we're so angry at God and we're like, Lord, why aren't you answering me? Like, I'm angry at you and, like, I want you to answer this. I want you to make it right. And God is just quiet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, it's, it reminds me of that song in Elevation, from Elevation, like, quiet. Like, you need to speak through the silence. Like, I'll let you speak through the silence. Yeah. Um, and sometimes in the quiet, in God's silence, that, like, we are able to recognize the things in us that need to change. We come to genuine repentance. And the Lord is, like, doing the work through us. So. Wow. Something I just want to add. This would be two seconds. I'm not even, it's not even a whole different thing. It's just a, when, I remember when, when uh, Iroh embraces Zuko, he says to him, he's like, he's like, I was never angry with you. Mm. I was so worried good. you had lost your way. Yeah. Oh. And I like you were saying. I was like, I was like, please mention it because it just like ties together. I'm your, glad you did. But it was just oh, Iroh making this cry out just, there, man. Oh, honestly, go ahead, Noah. Hit the button. Jeez, you broke it, dude. Oh my! <laughs> I thought I broke it for a second. Yeah, scared. 
Uh, my one of my favorite aspects of Avatar are not even like the main characters, like the animals, mm. Momo, oh. Oh. Momo, and uh, Appa. Just mm-hmm. their character, their characteristics speak so much, and they don't even really communicate mm-hmm. right at all. And I was thinking about how God leaves like little sounds really bad droppings of himself. <laughs> it sounds like. <laughs> That sounds so Animal bad. Do? Yeah, but like the way that God can can speak through not speaking at all. Mm-hmm. But like when we look for God, when we just simply walk outside and we just look for opportunities to experience God, we will because mm-hmm. we have that expectancy. Yeah. And I remember writing up like a praise journal. And once I started doing that, I started just realizing all the places that God showed up. And in, in the avatar, you have these two animals that just they don't speak. But yet you can tell so much about how they're living. It's the same way in, mm-hmm. in our Christian life. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we don't even, I mean, what's, what's that saying? The, the greatest gospel you'll ever read is your life. Mm-hmm. Like the way that you live your life is just a testament to who God is. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think going along with that, you just brought to mind um, the speaker today in uh, chapel talked about a prayer that he's been praying, you know, to, to see the suffering in his life and the suffering of others and to understand that. And he made a statement. I loved it so much. It's like, it's not that I started to go through more suffering. It's mm-hmm. that I became more aware of it. And I started seeing mm-hmm. it. And I started understanding, feeling it more. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about, like, presence of the Lord, if when you're, like, wanting to see the Lord more, as you become more aware of him, it's not that he's just revealing himself to you more times than, than normal. It's that you're just beginning to see where he is in, in the little things, you know? Or... It's always funny. If you pray for patience, it's like you're going to have these opportunities to be patient. Mm-hmm. When before, it's like you were given opportunities to be patient, but now you become aware of these things, you know? And so, yeah, so many times walking around, I walk around numb and blind mm-hmm. to so many things. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a good one. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> um, so uh-huh. something that I love to talk about, and I know a lot of people hate it, is the movie. And I love to talk about it because the movie <laughs> does a phenomenal job. Was it Ong? Showing, yeah, oh. oh my gosh. Showing how good the show itself is and how good the actual source material is. That's Because they butcher so it bad. so poorly. Yeah. And I think, yeah. no, it's a terrible movie. She's M. Night like, Shyamalan committed a crime. Dude deserves some jail time for that one. But <laughs> that's right. harsh, I know. But, but I think there are times where we take the gospel and we water it down. And we try to make it like bare bones without even referencing scripture. We're just like, here you go. This mm-hmm. is like, we're trying to give it to a, a broader audience. So, you know, here you go. Here's the gospel. Mm-hmm. And we miss all of the pieces of the gospel that make it influential and make it impact our lives. And, and we leave out who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at the movie for Avatar, it has none of the, the heart that the series has. It has none of the amazing themes that the series has. It it literally is just a bare bones, this looked cool, let's put this 11-year-old with godlike powers into a situation and like just rip it off mm-hmm. and make some money. Like that's all it is. And we so often do that with the gospel. We so often just say, that's cool. How many of you people want to be saved? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to define what saved is, but do you want it? And that's like, what we give instead of saying, no, like this is new life. This is new mm-hmm. transformation. This is, this is understanding who Jesus is and allowing him to impact you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like 
this dichotomy that we get when you look at the movie and the show. Solid. Solid. Yeah. A little speed round? A little, little uno mas. A little speed yeah. round. Okay. All right. Stop. Oh. This is just random, I know. sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Seashells. <laughs> we can skip. All in favor that is of skipping, true. Skip. or does anybody yeah. have one? I don't. Let's skip. Stop. Mr. Tumnus. Who's that? So in Narnia, you know the the guy who who they meet right off the bat have you with seen the with he's the is he a satyr? Is that what he is? He's a fawn. Oh, fawn, fawn, the centaur. No, where no. he's got oh, the no. he's goat legs. He's got the goat basically. legs. He got the curly hair oh. and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, Mr. Tumnus, the shaggy yeah. looking dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's he's yeah. sitting there at that's the, his at name. The yeah, Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, I didn't know he's his name. Nice I know guy. that character, but is it in the book? I'm guessing yes. that his name is. He's in the movie too. Yeah, he's in the. I've never read the book. Well, I know, but I don't think they reference him by name. They, in the they movie. do. No, they, they totally they do. Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, they do. In I the same. Don't I need to watch it. the movie again. It's <laughs> been a while. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull anything for this guy. You guys can talk about him, but I. I give some more. So give some more context. Um, he's the first person that they meet in Narnia. He's the mm-hmm. person that kind of tells them about Aslan a little bit mm-hmm. right off the bat. But he's really like their guide to the world right off the bat. He's very much like the the welcoming, warm person. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't remember any of like the big details of him because I feel like he doesn't betray them, does he? No, he does. Oh, he does. Then, like, well, yeah, he's no. planning on it. Like he yes. is afraid of Jewish. the witch. Yes, <gasps> and he's like playing a, a like song for Lucy to lull her to sleep mm-hmm. so he can go get mm-hmm. the queen. And then Aslan appears in the fire and convicts him and is like, Tumnus is like, oh no, what was I about to do? Wow. And oh my days. Ooh. Yeah. Aslan, we may have to skip Aslan it because I'm like, I don't to know. Aslan represent God, right? Yeah, no, he does. I'm playing, I'm playing. Okay, I was like, <laughs> Isaac. Yes, Lewis. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this one. It's okay. I think I'm just going to throw something out there real All quick, right. just so that we don't skip another one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, you know. Uh, Is there one Nick after feels attacked. No, no, no. no. I just feel here. like we're, we're, I don't know. Anyways, um, I think Mr. Tumnus in his gentleness is what a lot of us have to be as we kind of introduce people to the gospel mm-hmm. and as we kind of introduce people to the world that their eyes are open to um, when they receive Jesus and they kind of meet him and, and have these conversations. And not in any way, because Aslan, or not Aslan, uh, Mr. Tumnus never like refutes Aslan's dangerousness. Like that's always the quote that Dave mm. Smith gives yep. and everybody Ooh. gives of of Aslan is dangerous. Like there's there's mm-hmm. there's a level of dangerousness that he has that he is but it's like you are not safe that's what it is he's like when you are with aslan you are not safe mr but it's not a, yeah oh and it's not my a gosh, bad he's thing a good king i tell you yes and, oh. and mr tumnus never says no to that he never he never um pushes that away he never says anything that would say oh no 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 it's perfectly fine if you're with that like it's never anything that refutes that but it's a level of gentleness that he has mm-hmm. with the kids and and with lucy of just like curiousness and no, wanting to know who they are and what their story is and where they're coming from and then sh- show them the land of Narnia. Mm-hmm. And part of that probably is because he's like, I'm going to betray them and give them to the queen. But he doesn't. I think that's something we as pastors and as Christians who are bringing, who, who are sharing the gospel have to have that level of gentleness too, because we can be super quick to mm-hmm. being like, you're living a terrible life mm-hmm. and you need to be, be convicted and all these different things. But I think there's a level of, like, hey, like, we have something that we want to share. 
And this is an amazing space, an amazing place. And our God wants to know you. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Jesus Christ wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah. And there's that level of gentleness. Sorry. No, I have go one ahead. real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Mr. Tumnus, like, is tempted to hand over Lucy to the witch because he's afraid of her. Um, and he doesn't. Like, he decides to, like, sneak her back home and everything's good. Um, but eventually he does get caught because he didn't. And the queen finds out, like, you knew these humans were here. You didn't turn them in. Um, but you see such a different character in Tumnus in prison because he's like willfully standing up to the queen. Um, and so just like it makes me think of like as Christians, like there are going to be times when the temptation is really hard and it's going to be really tempting to give into that thing, whatever it is. Um, but like the Lord is constantly strengthening us and like Tumnus could have easily given into that, but like the Holy Spirit not uh, Aslan convicted him. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Um, and he could see like, oh my goodness, I was about to make this decision. And this is where it would have ended. Like mm. this child would have died. Um, and that was like enough for him to recognize, like, I'm not going to do that again. Like he got close mm. enough to the edge that he was like, I don't want to go that way anymore. Um, and so I, th- I think it just like talks about, like is a picture of like what it can be to walk with the Lord and like, receive his strength in those moments and an encouragement like yeah like we can eventually like willfully be like no like mm-hmm. you're not going to do this and i'm going to stand in your way wow mm-hmm. that's good oh i have something so that's why you hit the button no pressure is it oh. <laughs> just kidding i was thinking about how I mean, it's been so long since i've watched narnia um it's been so long and i remember as a kid like it's just it's a great story but like I didn't even realize until college that Aslan was like God. You know what I mean? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> take Isaac. You're in ministry, bro. How old were you when you first saw it? Uh, I was probably in like elementary school. Okay, that's okay. And then I didn't watch it again, and I haven't watched it since. <laughs> I, I mean, I just remember like the like all the cool scenes, you know, mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. the big like fights, the battles, and yeah. falling in the ice, yeah. and the bowl, you know, the altar uh, cracking. Yeah, all all the good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I just am reminded of in Sunday school, we are taught all these Bibles, like so all, all these stories. We're taught, you know, Noah and the Ark. We're taught creation story. We're taught about Jonah. But as I've gone over and I've, I've read them again, I, I've just realized how much I missed. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Narnia. If I were to go watch it again, I'd be like, Whoa. oh, there's the God connection. <laughs> oh, there's the spiritual connection. Because obviously it's C.S. Lewis, right? Yeah. And so... It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's my challenge when you read scripture. Just have fresh eyes because you never know what you're going to miss, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the Gospels. There's four of them, and sometimes we're just like, oh, my gosh, again, which try not great, but everything has something different to offer. Mm-hmm. So Good eyes. No. Oh, he's got one. Yeah, put the pressure on me. I show up. Let's go. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? Spiritual warfare. We're going there. Oh, oh my <laughs> okay. gosh. Go there. Come on. All right, Isaac. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to forget all the names of the kids, like P- Peter, Peter Edmund. Lucy. Lucy. Susan. Yeah. There you go. I, I got you. Peter you were close. I got you. Proud of you. Okay. So, right, they're in the real world. But then when they enter Narnia, I'm I'm using that as like a, kind of the spiritual realm, I mm-hmm. would say. 
in in that you see like the battle going on evil versus versus good mm -hmm. and it wages war and that's what a lot of people like seeing the wars and the battles and all those things and i do like seeing it, it puts into perspective for me this whole idea that we do not wage war against flesh and blood but the spiritual right mm -hmm. the evil powers the principalities of of darkness and and just seeing it as it's a different realm in that mm -hmm. happening and it's and it's happening at the same time right as reality physical in the physical world um so that's one place i would go you know the other one that i was thinking of when you were talking about mr dumbness and how he like told them who aslan was right and we can mm -hmm. talk about that as our witness to god mm -hmm. and who he is our job we need to get back to just telling the story of who he is because i think so many times i put the pressure on myself to bring them to salvation to mm -hmm. be the one that actually saves them right instead mm -hmm. of just being the one that points to him we read you when you brought up isaiah you read throughout all the prophets when they're trying to like remind them about god that he is who he says he is they're not talking about just all these things that he's going to do for you while that's there they're reminding him about just who he is mm -hmm. the whole goal of the prophet was to explain them who god is again yeah that he is who he says he is he's faithful he's everlasting he's the god who created everything mm -hmm. And so I think our job is to just point out who he, who God is. And like Mr. Tumnus, how he explained that, he was just like one person that explained that. Then you get the Mr. Beaver quote. Like, uh -huh. you don't need to play. You don't need to be everything for everyone at every yep. moment, right? Mm. And so being faithful with what God has given you to be, sometimes you're the first word in their life. Mm -hmm. Other times you get to witness the moment of salvation in someone's mm -hmm. life. And you could be anywhere in between. But if, mm. you, if you are faithful... In the time that you are given with different people, mm -hmm. then the Lord rewards that. Come on. So I think that's what we have to focus on. Oh, good job. Guys. So good. Mm -hmm. Look at that. So good. Mm. What a time. What a time. Well, that's it. That's all we got. That's all the <laughs> time we have. Thank you, Lana, for being yeah. being Thank here. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It was fun. And was killing amazing. it as always. So, yeah, this is. Uh, are you good, Isaac? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is another episode of Modern Parables, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. So, we'll see you guys next time. We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more modern parables.